2: Welcome. It's the final four. Get up.
1: It's only 11:30 on the East Coast, and we have the final four completely set. I'm Gabe Ibrahim. That's Megan Gower. That's Calvin Wetzel. We are waiting on Christy Winter Scott, who may be joining us uh, from Greenville, where she was uh, doing the Maryland-South Carolina game, which uh, South Carolina won, and then Virginia Tech won in the later game. So we have our entire final four set uh Megan how you feeling about it
3: good I mean I feel like everyone's obviously circling that the Iowa South Carolina matchup that most people probably had their eye on when we got the bracket to begin with but uh, I mean I think it's gonna be two really great games and we'll get into it more here but it should be a fun weekend
1: Calvin how you feeling
4: Yeah I was gonna say the same thing as Megan I mean I've been you know not just since the bracket was released but honestly ever since Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston started playing college basketball not that they're gonna guard (laughs) each other or anything but I wanted to see that matchup the best off because it's been the best offense and the best defense for three plus years now or however long not just this year and in any sport best offense and best defense is is as good as it gets so sign me up.
1: No it's gonna I think the final four is gonna be amazing but let's Let's, let's settle back into the Elite Eight and really give a good recap of what happened in this round. Uh, because there's some interesting stuff. I, I wouldn't say any of the games are like classics, right? Like there's no there's no one game that's like, oh man, that's like gonna live in the memory forever. But there's plenty of amazing performances uh, and and plenty of good storylines going into the final four. Do you guys want to start from the latest game we just watched? So Ohio State, Virginia Tech, and then work our way back through the that weekend. Works. Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. Okay. So let's talk about the game that just happened. Uh Ohio State, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech wins 84-74 in Seattle. Uh, it took a just monumental effort from Georgia Amore. Had 24 points, seven of 19 shooting, not her best shooting night, but like still got it done when it counted the most. And uh, she came back from a pretty rough-looking injury. And then you just look at Elizabeth Kitley's line, 25 points, 12 rebounds, 9-14 from the field. Didn't feel like she had that throughout the game until you looked up and you saw that she had that stat line That she had some more possessions in the post. So, Calvin, what did you see in this game that allowed Jane Tech to win? Well,
4: you brought up, like, Georgia Amor maybe didn't have her best shooting night, but, like, when, when I'm looking at it here, I mean, she took 14-3. She got to the line six times. She still was pretty efficient 24 points on on 19 shots and six free throws like that's not bad efficiency because when you're getting to the line and when so many of your shots are coming from three you don't your field goal percentage doesn't have to be 50 percent to be efficient and the other thing is the degree of difficulty of some of her shots when you're taking some of those you know step backs contested and uh just like the way that the defense is kind of selling out on her with this run that she's been on with 20 20 plus points what every postseason game going back to the ACC tournament they're almost all like I, I actually think she played really well. You know, whatever seven for nineteen doesn't sound sexy, but I thought she was great on the offensive end. Yeah,
1: and she and she really orchestrated the offense. I think her biggest contribution may have been breaking the press. For I mean, not may have been it was. Let's be real, it was the biggest contribution that George A. Moore made for Virginia Tech was breaking the press against Ohio State. Megan, you saw UConn get decimated yeah. by that press, which was very impressive. Uh, from Virginia Tech. Why? I mean, ha- how is it seeing Georgia Amor just kind of dice her way through it whenever she touched the ball?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think she did what like UConn just totally failed to do and like didn't try to pass the ball through it, which is going to result in a disaster and just mm-hmm. drove the ball and was able to break that. And I think we saw really quickly in that first half, especially the Ohio State came out with the press, I don't know, four or five times. They broke it every time, you got to the other end scored in the lane made a three whatever clearly wasn't working for ohio state and then they turned off the press for a while so Overdue tech was really quickly able to make that not effective at all for ohio state
1: and then yeah and it just kind of completely sapped a lot of the energy i think from ohio state but they were just like the first half of this game was some of the best shot making i think we've seen yeah. throughout this tournament right <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, it was like sides. I was like, this
3: is gonna be a shootout. Like, first and ninety is gonna
2: win.
1: <laughs> and, and like the pull-ups from from Georgia and JC was getting everyone's getting to the room. Cody McMahon. I mean, let me pull. Up. I want to pull up the the media stats. I want to see what was her – What was the split between her first and second half stats? She ended up with eighteen. Same one though. Um, uh, no, I think
3: she I had. She had quite a bit in the first half. I don't know it off the top of my head. I think it was over ten of that at least came in the first half.
4: Yeah, I think, oh, you know, I think... Taylor Mike's so went off in the first half.
3: Yes, yeah. Definitely. Did, so did you, in this
1: in the third quarter is kind of when things changed for both teams. Um, was there I, I didn't really like I didn't see a noticeable change in the defense. I just feel like Ohio State just kind of start missing their shots in that third quarter.
4: Yeah. Well, Taylor Mike. So what did she start five for five from three? Yeah. (laughs) And she finished seven for 11. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, she was one of the big, but it wasn't just her. You're right. A lot of them started missing shots and uh, Ohio state honestly didn't press a whole lot in the third quarter. They didn't press a lot in the second quarter. I don't think they pressed, you know, early in the game and they pressed late in the game, but uh, they, (laughs) they got carved up so early. I, I think they had to kind of chill out on it for a while and, that that's just a credit to Virginia tech and and Georgia Amor. Like you said, I, in the final four, I know we're talking about the elite eight right now, but outside of Caitlin Clark, I don't know who you would want with the ball in their hands in terms of breaking the press or, you know, getting their own shot, finding people other than Caitlin Clark than Georgia Amor. She, she really runs the offense with just a lot of pace. Right. And it's like, when we say
1: pace, I feel like people think, Oh, speed, 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 like go fast. Like, no, she understands the ebbs and flows of when you're trying to bring it up fast when you're trying to break the press and slow down because they're going into something different and you don't want to speed yourself up against the press. And I think that was one of the best things she did was break it, get across, chill. And then let Virginia Tech work in the half-court offense. But Ohio State's half-court defense was, I mean, I, you know they gave up a lot of points in the first half. But it looked pretty good anyways. Like the shots were difficult at the very least.
3: Yeah, I thought they made some progress. I think a big part of that is Cody McMahon. I think having her in the lane has made a lot of difference for them on I mean on both ends in this tournament I thought defensively she's improved but also I mean, the b- way that she's been able to score in the lane in both of these games even though Ohio State didn't get the win today has been really impressive for a freshman in the tournament
1: yeah she's been one of the best players in the tournament as a, mm-hmm. and as and she's just I think she just kind of started to turn this corner right like earlier in the season and I think um who said it? I think Ricky Harris actually said it to Holly Rowe at some point and Holly related to us that like it's been there's been a, a switch flipped since the middle of like that Big Ten schedule where she's not, you know, just running out of court full speed, not charging into people and really taking care of the basketball. And that's why she was able to get into this this run that, you know, ultimately ends here in the Elite Eight for Ohio State. Um, but I think she she's shut out and, and this team's going to be really good. And uh well, we have 48 hours to find out if uh, <laughs> J.C. Sheldon is coming back to Ohio State, and it seems like she might.
4: Yeah, no, the thing about Cody McMahon, I mean, you were talking about Georgia Amore, her pace, and to me, she just seems always in control, no matter how fast or slow she's going. And Cody McMahon didn't really come into college with maybe having that level of control. She, was, she would go too fast for her own body sometimes, mm-hmm. but we've seen that the last couple months. The, her her body and the strength and athleticism that she has, if she can be under control even at full speed at all times, like who's stopping her? In the half court in transition, there's no one. I think that's kind of the the flip that switch that you talk about is, is just her being able to kind of be in control of the pace and the speed at which she's playing. Yeah.
3: Definitely. And I think that's what Ohio state lacked for so much of the season was like a really, a, a talent in the lane. And if they're going to add that next year with her having another year under her belt, they're going to be a lot better than they were this year, which is obviously already pretty good. Cause they made it to the elite eight.
1: Yeah. And the, I mean, the big 10 should be changing depending on who, or who yeah, does not. It's so hard pro- to say right now. Yeah. Knows, we'll see what next year looks like next year, but Ohio state going to be good next year, regardless of who else is in, um, who else is doing whatever in the conference because they're just really, really talented. Do you, uh, Megan, do you want to take a, uh, what? what's the opposite of a victory lap? Uh, for, <laughs> for your regional <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've uh, struggled
3: this week. With this. I did really well the first weekend and really struggled this week on the
1: takes. I, I, <laughs> I, was, I knew we were going to come through.
4: I um, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't let Megan take the bullet alone on that one because I was uh, I picked against Virginia Tech a few times, too. And uh, they proved me pretty wrong. So good for you, Kenny Brooks. Good for you. Yeah.
1: Well, and they, and they game plan just so well. They're so organized I think it's just like it, it's they are the most organized team here. And that's saying something because there's there's a lot of great teams that have played together for a long time. They are the team that organ- is most organized and gets into their stuff. I do want to look at, like, what our bracket was. I forgot what we actually picked here.
3: I think we picked UConn.
1: Yeah. And we just... picked our bracket. We picked Tennessee. It's... Yeah. yeah, it's not good. <laughs>
3: you know, yep. I watched, like, all of five minutes – of men's basketball outside of the UConn run this year and my men's bracket is like winning my work pool and my women's bracket is just <laughs> That's gone. how it works. That's
4: how it works. Did you see Ken Pomeroy who only covers men's had terrible men's bracket and he's winning his women's pool. So that's how March works. But you To know, be I'm fair, to my
3: affect... men's one is only winning because I have UConn winning it all. <laughs> <in>
4: it. <laughs> that's, I don't know, Actually, same deal. I, I'm not a UConn fan like Megan but I did have UConn in the final four so that some, sometimes it works out. Uh But Hey, I, what I want to know, we can go back later and figure this out. If none of us had used any strikes, if we had just gone with all our original picks, would our bracket be better? Because I think it might have. Mm. Might have. I, think I don't was, have that. We, I don't have that
1: information yeah, right in front of me. <laughs> struck out some of our good picks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's. Um, if that's, yeah. I don't think so. Because we do have. We actually ended up picking Virginia Tech to get to the Elite Eight at the very least. We did.
4: Oh yeah, we did. You're right. You're right. You're yeah, right.
1: we did. Uh, I think that was that was due to a strike. Good call. Good call on that. The Cleveland State we, pick. That's where that that's yeah, the that's where I arrive. Yeah, that was a bad. That was oh, our gross. worst one. That
2: Do we want to let like Christian Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. All right, hey, hey, christy hey, hey, hey. Hello. Hey.
2: Hello. From, you know, things are. My suitcase is over there somewhere. Uh-huh. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello, hey, hey. Um, hey, how's,
1: hey. how's Greenville?
2: You know what? Um, I just had a little something to eat. So yeah, I just hustled after that last game and um, got back to the room. But it's very, you know, it's very quaint here. I like it oh. here. It's very quaint. sweet. I like it. I need to turn my phone, don't I? Let's see. Is that, is
3: that better?
1: There it is. Oh, there, those it is.
2: there we go. Wait, my TV's on, is that distracting? Honestly, the lighting in this,
1: in this hotel room is really good. It is? It's yeah, pretty wow. impressive, yeah. Oh, that's I have like it even. right
2: under a. I have it right under a lamp, actually. That's the television <laughs> there professional, go. right? There. So that's, right why, that's
1: why we love having Chrissy around. Not just the thousands of points in college <laughs> basketball. It is the TV professionalism. Hey, um,
2: man, you know, Also,
1: you know, I didn't. We're gonna talk about it. we. We me and Chrissy usually have like five minutes to talk uh, before the podcast, and that usually yeah. is like thirty minutes. But I didn't know this, Chrissy, I, I didn't know uh, your husband was a thousand point scorer at Miami. I was going oh, through the records yeah. yesterday. You tell me. You were, yeah,
2: wow, he was, man. and uh, and uh, he was um, co defensive player of the year with Alonzo Mourning. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah, but he was a guard, so yeah, so you know. Well,
1: it's even more impressive? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought I, th- I was going through the thousand point scores, and then <laughs> kind of stumbled upon. Up?
2: Oh yes.
1: yeah.
2: Back but go Canes.
1: Still go Kane There we
2: go, that's how we started again we started
1: <laughs> the, we started our we're, we're, we're talking at the other ACC team uh, Well, one of the three ACC teams That made it to the Elite Eight Virginia Tech uh, And yeah. how they got there uh, Chrissy, did you, were you able to watch this game?
2: Did you I that? saw the second half I got okay. back here uh, Man, right the when the part. third quarter was starting yeah, um, but it was close. Like the second half, it was like this Ohio State couldn't get shots to fall, <sighs> and then McMahon got hurt. I hope it's nothing serious. I saw her go to the back, so hopefully she's good. But I mean, Virginia Tech. You heard um, Kenny Brooks say we just have to stay true to ourselves and what we do. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, that's what he told Holly, and and that's what happened, right? I think they they got the ball to Kitley. That's what they yeah. do. That's what they do, and it worked and it was high percentage shots and they got to the free throw line. And I think when you have a press, like Ohio state has it and they were able just to drive right through it, it you know, it really didn't afford Ohio state, the ability to do what they like to do, which is squeeze you to the sideline. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: What, what do you think so we, we actually just had the press break discussion on what, were you surprised at all that Georgia Amore was able to get around it? Cause I know, you know the way they the way Virginia Tech got her the ball. Yeah. You know whether she she was not always the first person to touch the ball in the inbound, mm-hmm. which I think was smart because then Ohio State yeah. to trapped that first person, so they made her the second person, and mm-hmm. she was able to dribble through. Were you were you surprised that she was able to get through that press?
2: I was, and I'll tell you why. In their last game, in Virginia Tech's last game, they turned it over like two or three times in a mm-hmm. row, and Kenny called Kenny Brooks called the timeout, mm-hmm. and he told Amor go get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, yeah, they need for her to wiggle through because she has so many hesitations. Like she's mm-hmm. hesitating, like pausing and freezing the defense and then blowing by them because she had that speed, that explosive first step. <clears throat> so I think once she got the ball, he knew that they were going to be able to break the press and they wouldn't turn it over multiple mm-hmm. times in that last game. So I think he learned, and that probably happened throughout the season as well, but I specifically saw him say that to her, go and get the ball, right? Um, so I think I was, I was definitely surprised because I thought with Ohio State's pressure and their ability to be in sync like that, I thought that would make a big difference to, to how they bring the ball up or brought the ball up and i was concerned because i was like wow well, if they turn it over then Kitley can't get touches mm-hmm. and that could be the entire show um, but it wasn't they got down there and then they got a tour so that was that was the difference maker i think their ability to solve breaking that press
1: i think it was a big it's a big credit to Al state that they were able to you know really be in this game yeah. despite not being able to press because this team's identity is pressing and they were knocked right. out of it and they were able to play a good half court defense and make a ton of shots in that first half. And that's what I was saying. You, you missed a good part of the game when they when both teams were just making any <laughs> shot they wanted. Just I think it was wherever. about
4: four minutes into the game where someone missed a shot. Yeah, wow. either side. <laughs>
1: yeah. Really? Hey, Taylor yeah. Mike saw made her first five threes. <laughs> so it was it was a, the fireworks were flying in the first half, and then you know, oh. progression to the mean happened. Um, yeah. anything else on this game, Calvin or, or Megan? I feel like we covered it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Chrystia, you did miss the first. Oh, you no, you no, missed no. the first half of us talking <laughs> about this game as well. Oh, that's
2: all good. I was trying to leave the group, you know, but uh, I got here, so the, <laughs>
1: appreciate y'all.
2: I was like, is Bye. the green,
1: is the Greenville Media Hotel bar popping?
2: Um, you know what? It was um, it was like a little restauranty um tapas oh. kind of you know snackage going on. Uh, It wasn't too crowded. It wasn't too bad, you know, for a Monday night, I guess, you know, maybe on the weekends, it was good. But, you know, it was low key, low key vibes. Yeah, Uh, it was nice, though. It was really nice, though. Yeah,
1: I at last year's um, Greensboro Regional, I hung out with a bunch of Iowa people. I guess we'll all be hanging out with Iowa people when we go to (laughs) Dallas. Although, uh, Christy, are you coming? I will
2: will be be in Dallas. Yay, Christy!
1: Uh, Are you coming (laughs) to Iowa? For, is that Big 10 networking.
2: Yep. So and the deal was if uh, if any Big 10 team made it to the Final 4 then I would be the reporter reporting on it. So
0: you know, Ooh. I have my pom-poms
2: out. I had all the different colors of go. pom-poms. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody get there please so I can go. But yeah. But yeah. No, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Well, let's uh
1: let's talk about the game that you are currently at um, as uh, uh, the Maryland-South Carolina game, which I can't find on StatCast, which is why I'm stuttering because I was looking for it <laughs> here. It's a long list of games that have happened in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the but South Carolina and uh, beats Maryland 86-75. Uh, yeah. It was close at times. It was close for most of the first half and then uh, South Carolina pull- pulled away. Uh, we've seen this movie before. Uh, on last week's show, I called it a crock potting, and yeah, it on Twitter, and, and people seem to like it. And yeah, you know, it, it does. It, it is like a pressure cooker. You know, they just it, eventually it's, build it's up like the, the pressure, the fowls, the frog so, yeah, thing, the like,
4: so whatever what that is, thing is. The fr- what's the frog thing in the boiling water, or whatever. Oh. Um, I love have a frying do. pot. I know. Like, I have a frying pot. The like the, and... like when the frog in the boiling water. It like, but like, not the water doesn't start boiling and then it gets boiling and it doesn't realize it. You've never heard this thing? No. Nope. I don't know what it's from. <laughs> all right, almost no. we'll, all of us. Forget that. <laughs> Anyone
1: from the neck of the woods that wants to, <laughs> wants to help? them out? we are going to look this up later? I swear it's
4: a thing. I I, I, but that's a big whiff on my part. Midwest folks, we're going to go with crock potting.
1: Crock potting and is, Crock-potting. That, That's the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag crock pot. Uh, a Cox crock pot. Oh <laughs> <crock-pot. laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it really was that, you know, just eventually Maryland had to succumb to the foul trouble, the missed shots, the offensive rebounds, everything that kind of goes in South Carolina's favor uh, just because of the way they play because they're such a good basketball team. Um, yeah. Not surprised, but I think it was. A good showing by maryland Christy. what do you see being down there
2: well you know maryland came out of the gates like swinging right i think mm-hmm. they were up six after the first quarter but then foul trouble crept up on them and you know they had three starters down with two fouls it was faith Masonas, it was diamond miller and cheyenne sellers all with two fouls early in the second quarter i know uh diamond went out without uh, with, with like 30 seconds in to the second quarter mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, maybe with like seven minutes to go in the second quarter, Cheyenne's down. And then Faith picks hers up with like four minutes to go. So they're without their key people, right, on both sides, not just their scorers, but their defenders, right? So then you see South Carolina have a 23-9 to run in that second quarter because they don't have their key pieces in. But give South Carolina credit, but at the same time, Maryland didn't have their whole, you know, like three of their, their key cogs in there. And they were, they had good momentum after that first quarter leading by six, they were plugging away and then, you know, kind of lost their, lost their cushion and momentum there.
1: I, so I, I was, I, I too thought it was a bad thing to not have Cheyenne Sellers and Diamond Miller on the floor, but they could have been out there. They like only had two fouls. And I know, I know Calvin at the very least agrees with me. Like, I understand you gotta you gotta hold back the player because you can't get you, you three fouls in the first half is bad. But I thought letting South Carolina go on that run kind of it, it, you know obviously it's the first <laughs> half, but that that run really took the wind out of Maryland's sails. Can I get someone to agree with me, Megan Calvin? No, yeah, ready, no, I kind of agree
3: <laughs> because like once South Carolina <laughs> goes on that run to come back from it, it's really hard to come back against them. So I think maybe you don't put them all back out there because you don't want all of them to pick up a third, but put someone back out there to, to see if you can get something going on offense.
4: Yeah. That's the thing. Having them all on the bench at the same time, that's where you really give up that run. And, and if you just yeah. have one of them out there, like in, in this is like, you're the biggest game of your season. And these are your stars. Like at some point, at least one of them, you got to have enough trust to be like, Hey, you can go give me three minutes here, three minutes without a foul, you know? And, mm-hmm. and then rotate them and put the next one in. But I, I, I'm with you, Gabe. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, that
3: quarter I, decided the game. Like that was the game. Basically, was that the 23 to nine? Well, and here's the
1: thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> so here's the crazy part: the the player that fouled out of the trio of of all of these players, right? Shine Sellers, Diamond Miller, and uh, Abby Myers, who single handedly kept Maryland in the game in the second quarter.
2: She had 14 points in the first
1: half. She picked up two fouls. She's the only player that fouled out. Boom, boom. back to back. I know, but that's like yeah. so you left the only player that actually fouled out. In the game, when you could have at least staggered and get gotten two minutes at Diane Miller, get get two buckets in a stop, and then okay,
2: we're getting off the floor. Uh, no, let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna I'm gonna no no no. Wait, where are y'all? <laughs> <gonna> no, <know>, yeah. <laughs> other way. No, yeah, and no. Okay, <laughs> listen. And this is why. Okay, and and Gabe, you're coaching now, so don't play with me, Gabe. Listen, okay. I'm trying to help you. All right, all right. When I was coaching okay, in a big game, big game, um, one of our key players, um, she had two fouls. And one of our key inside six four, and it wasn't Bree, so I'll just take yeah. that off the table as as we say it. Bree doesn't get um, foul trouble. It was not Bree um, that time in particular. But anyway, it was a post player for us. We needed her in the game. She was doing great. Picked up that second foul, and I, you know, it's in the first half, and I'm like, nope, come on over come on over and have a seat because nope. And then they went on this little run. We still had a lead. We were up by 12 or something. You know what I mean? But you know, that goes away quickly when you don't get stops, okay? Which is what happened with Marilyn. So that happened. And she's looking at me with the knee shake. You know, you're sitting there and you see the kid like knee shaking, looking at me like, coach, like I got you. your same look Diamond (laughs)
1: was giving giving Brenda.
2: (laughs) It's really hard because you know you want to trust them. And you do. Okay. So what did I do, Gabe? What do you think I did?
1: You put her back in.
2: I did. <laughs> and and guess she picked what up happened? her
1: third
2: phone. <laughs> and I never did it again. And, and it wasn't because I, I mean, I trusted her and I believed, But not really. <laughs> but I did because if I didn't, I wouldn't have put her. No. I, 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 I wouldn't have put her in. I put her back on the floor, dude. And this is what happened. She gets over. Um, she's 6'4 right? The kid gets in front of her on a rebound and she didn't like make contact into my kid. Mm. My kid was taller than this kid in front of her. She got the ball like this over her head. Tweet. I was like, "No." (laughs) no, three fouls. And that cost her, let me tell you what it cost her. And, and, and then us, it cost her her aggression in the third quarter. Right, because it was right before halftime, she picked up her third foul, and it was random. And it wasn't like she was trying to block a shot. It wasn't a block charge situation. It wasn't a fast break, let me try to swing at this kid and knock into her body. It wasn't like one of those unconscionable situations. It was almost like a human thing, so she wouldn't get hit in the face with the ball because she was right there and she just got the ball. Seriously, I'll never forget it. and then I felt so bad, and then she just looked at me, and I was like, "No." Nah. Like, did motion. you
1: Did you we lose? Did you lose the game? We
2: did. We ended up losing. I don't wow. know. It's still. It's still a bitter. Did she
1: foul out? Do you Do you remember she fouled out?
2: She did not foul out. There you go. <laughs> but but we <laughs> lost.
4: Oh, that, that's because, different.
2: Because but, but but it changes the way you have to. It changes
3: the way you have to play because Thank you can't you. play the same way with. Knowing, like, you're I understand, that's that's you that's bad. Bad. That's bad. Megan, but, but Madeline's still lost, so I still vote that they should have tried
1: I,
2: something. <laughs> I don't know, they I don't think you can leave them out there, man. You can't just, just leave just them, them out there. One of them, just, I don't just, think you, you can. can take
1: no, you take them out and then you put them, you, no. get, you give them like a couple minutes when the when no. the, when, the, when everything's going bad, and that's what she did oh. against against Arizona. She had to bring back Cheyenne, if you recall. Cheyenne again got into foul trouble, and then Cheyenne swore she was not going to get into foul trouble again. Cheyenne was wrong. Um, it's, she, it's, you can't yeah.
2: control it though, and the and the game you watched the game. Yes, yeah, did you was. see how physical that game was? Yeah, it was very physical, and and not in a in a negative way. I mean, officials are officials; they're human beings. I thought that the way the game was being played today. I mean, any other day, maybe I would have put them in, but the way that game was being played, man, they were all over the floor it was scrappy. Everybody was getting into it. You know, and when I say getting into it, it's not like fisticuffs. It's like getting into it, no, like yeah. with their aggression, like defense was aggressive. Offense was attacking. Like, Oh, there, there were just multiple opportunities to pick up that third foul and nope. Cause I, you know, I've lived it and I still suffering years later remembering it thank you for making me walk down memory lane and and my way back and live my way back to the conversations. to your
4: point though it's not just about how the game was being played it's about how the game was being called which which is fair to your point is that to get they were there was a lot of quick whistles in that game and we we saw for such a physical game pick up two of them that maybe shouldn't yeah. have been called fouls that fouled her out fouls. and obviously those those two happened after <laughs> Myers Brenda Freeze already yeah, yeah Abby Myers th- those two fouls happened after Brenda Freeze already made that decision but I just think throughout the game the refs were uh you know there's yeah. if it was 50-50 they were calling a foul so yeah. it, it is a tough situation
2: well they're but trying, so- they're trying to control it though too you know because it is so physical you are trying to control it because it was they were like in the mud both teams were like yeah. this what are you supposed to do? Like, you can't just let it go. I don't know. Like, I'm glad I'm not a referee. I can't.
1: No, No, it's a tough job. job. But, hey, look, refs are refs. It's not what decided the game. In the end, it was South Carolina, again, just beating people to a pulp. You you look at what they've done all season, very similar to what happened in this game, 25-7 to on the offensive glass, 23 second chance points for South Carolina, seven for Maryland. Oh, Uh, I didn't
2: look at that. I didn't see
1: that. And those, uh, you know, they had – 70 field goal attempts, Maryland have 58. You're going to win most of the games when that's the field goal discrepancy, the offensive rebound discrepancy. If you can win that category by enough and then have the shooting margin be close, which it was, yep. you're going to win. And then South Carolina today, I thought was interesting. 6 of 15 from 3. Yeah. That's 40% yeah. better than they normally are. Zykoek was 2 of that? 7. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like Brie, when Brie efficient Brie had a like great this. Game. Yeah. She did. So so Megan like is is there any hope for someone beating South Carolina? <laughs> Not just I'm like, like what I'm glad, wait,
3: wait can we talk yeah yeah we,
1: okay so I'm sorry let me ask what, what, a different yeah. question yeah. What so, All right so we could let's put this in a little bit of perspective then just yeah. because we will talk about South Carolina when we preview it <laughs> but like what South Carolina has done here getting to their third this is their third straight final four 42nd straight victory 41st straight victory something like that doesn't doesn't matter at this point um they have just been dominant throughout the year and they haven't changed at all so megan what is it what does it feel like like can you put this into perspective historically for for south carolina
3: yeah, well, I think, I mean, there hasn't been many teams, right, that have gone undefeated, made it to a final 4 There's been a handful, but most of those oh, have wow. won the national championship. Not all of them, but most of them have won the national championship. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that's what everyone's expecting from the South Carolina team. Could they lose in the final 4 We'll get to it. I mean, sure, they could lose. Everyone, anyone could lose. I think we've seen that in this tournament at this point. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just been a dominant season, regardless of what happens when they, they get to Dallas. And I think today, the thing that stood out to me is, I think so much of the season has been about, you know, their depth and their rebounding, what they get off the bench. But today it was Aaliyah Boston, and they haven't maybe necessarily needed Aaliyah Boston to put up those kind of numbers in other games. But they needed it today, and she's going to deliver.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, go ahead, May. No, no, go No, I was just going to say, I don't think the ball left her chin area. Like, she never brought the ball down. She was like, boom, boom. I mean, she was doing, and it wasn't like she was doing a Euro, but she cleared her space in the post from the chin up, every move. Like, she was never here with the ball, ever, okay? She never exposed basketball to the defenders who were all around her, okay? She had the ball here, and it was here and up. Here, here, let me move, excuse me, and Mm -hmm. put it up. I'm like, wow, like her technique was so just perfect. I was so impressed. I was watching her and it wasn't just, you know, people talk about your footwork in the paint and hers is fantastic too. But for me as a former post player and coach, like you, that's what you want, right? Get out of the fray, right? You cannot bring the ball down You can't try to swoop it up and and do all these things, right? Leading into the defense, trying to get contact instead of trying to score the ball. And that's where I'm just going to leave that there. But you have to be able to clear your space, have two hands on the basketball, and still be able to get to your shooting pocket and shoot the ball. And I thought that was most impressive by Aaliyah Boston. But they also found her, to your point. They found her. In those areas inside the restricted area, where it was just easy for her to, to catch and score and keep the ball high, I it yeah. mean, it's fun, fundamentally sound. I was very impressed by that skill alone that she presented tonight for sure.
1: Ten, ten field goals made is a season high for Elia Boston. Um, so pretty pretty good night uh, to find her in the paint. I mean, and and South Carolina <laughs> changed a little bit of, of what they've been doing. I mean, a little bit less of Camila Cardoso, a little bit more Victoria Saxton. A little bit more space um, for mm-hmm. uh, for Boston down there, and that comes back to the three point shooting. Like they were shooting, they were so hot in the first half that it eventually opened up space down low. And it comes back to the the always problem we have with South Carolina is you cannot both guard their guards, or you ha- you can't keep them out of the paint. You can't guard all the guards, and you can't mm-hmm. keep them off the glass. You can't. Right. You seem to you seem to be only able to do one most of the time. If you can yeah. do two, that's great. You need to do all three to beat them. So Calvin, I mean, what would you see from South Carolina today that that kind of a, you know caught
4: your eye? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of what Christy was talking about uh, with Leah Boston that's important in particular. I think in this matchup, when you saw Maryland, especially when they got into foul trouble, have a lot of lineups on the court where their tallest player was six foot six one. Mm-hmm. So Boston is going to have a huge height advantage that she often does, but not always against certain matchups. Mm-hmm. So so her being able to do that and also do that, you see so many bigs who do that. And then end up picking up that offensive foul when they have a smaller player on them because their player's head is like at their elbow, right? But right. Leah Boston's under control; she doesn't do that. So I thought that was great. Obviously, the shooting that you talked about—no one's beating South Carolina when they shoot 40% from three. That was like we don't see that very often from them. That's icing on the cake if you get that from them. And then you talked about the offensive rebounding. Like even by their standards, they rebounded well over half of their own missed shots. Like even by their standards. That's incredible tonight to get 57% of those. And uh, we talked about this in our group chat a little bit, Gabe, but that whole crockpot thing, the whole wearing you down, mm-hmm. body blow theory, whatever, like that plays into that because a lot of the things that you have to do against South Carolina to beat them require a ton of effort. And the first thing to go when you start to get worn out and people are in foul trouble so, so other people are having mm-hmm. to play more minutes it is all of that stuff that requires pure effort because you're so exhausted. And in the second half, I, I told you, Gabe, we, we started to see Maryland mm-hmm. miss box outs and you can't miss box out. You, no, you're no. going to give up offensive rebounds even if you do box out, but you have to try. You have to be boxed out. And as soon as you start to have those mental lapses, it's over. It's uh, like you're cooked. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I saw from South Carolina tonight. Just beating them into submission, like you said, for 40 minutes and getting to that point. All right, we'll get
1: back to South Carolina. I do wanna we we should move on because there's there's a lot of basketball to talk about uh, and we we do have to get to the Miami Hurricanes, guys. It's uh, <laughs> still <laughs> that's still can on the docket. Uh we just get their elite eight game. We don't have to talk about that. Either, yeah. We don't have to talk about the okay. elite eight game. We can just go back to this.
2: No highlights, no highlights I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, good. thanks. Yeah, uh, the
1: the we got uh what do we? Oh yeah, I do have my highlights. I should have put them in. Okay, I don't have them in.
2: Right, Good. Oh darn.
1: The game had highlights. Uh not that one. I have from I have from uh from the it. other last last week. Actually, it was I actually
2: funny. Final one. But... <laughs> we
1: let Iowa Caitlin Clark. Uh she did a thing. No biggie. Uh she so first off, Iowa wins 9783 over Louisville. A uh, mm-hmm. team who went on a very good run in March that I believe I told everyone about on our Pick'em show, uh, but you know, yeah, forty-one points, twelve assists, ten rebounds, three steals too. Just you know, toss that in there for think. for Caitlin Clark. She's I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Does anyone, Calvin? Do you know what to say about her? Do you have anything? To
4: say
0: about uh,
1: her? Can Can you say <laughs> anything she, about her? Are there words?
4: She. Uh, is it possible that she's still getting better, like, every every day that we see her? She I, I think she might still be getting better. Like, I think she's better than she was a week ago when they played Southeast Louisiana or whoever in the first round. I think she's better mm-hmm. than she was in the Big Ten tournament. It's – every time we watch her, it's – you think, like, this is – you can't be any better than this. And then the next game, she is. And she's going to have to be again in the next game because it's going to be the toughest game of her life. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, the man. other
2: oh, – go ahead. <laughs> Oh, no, go ahead, babies. Okay. I think the other thing,
3: though, to me was that, obviously, we can talk as much as we want to about Caitlin Clark because she was fantastic, but what they got from everybody else because I think you look at this Iowa team last year and Caitlin Clark could have had a 40 double or triple-double and they still might not have made the Final Four, but they make the Final Four because of what they're getting from McKenna Warnock, what they're getting from Gabby Marshall. Those players have stepped up so much and take their offense, which is obviously already very good, and made it – even better and i think that's why because everyone knows i'm sure that was this podcast that i have not been high on them because of their defense and that i mean they are statistically like by far the worst defense to ever make the final four Par- but that paraphrase, level-
1: paraphrase <laughs> megan from our uh our Her Stats bracket show iowa has no chance of making the final four you said that they I did say that. You I did say that. I said my good, babe. <laughs> 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 I'm multiple. I'm going to add the clipper. I got a clipper now. Oh, <laughs> no chance that I you would. Wrong. You
3: know. <laughs> I was wrong. I'll admit it. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but I think that's the difference, though, right? It's like the the step what they've got from everybody else because you they still don't get there with just clark and just Sonano being the people to score they needed that extra level of contribution and that's what's made this team so much better i think in the big 10 tournament in the ncaa tournament so far Mm -hmm. at times during the regular season but i think really in the postseason and we've
2: started to see it consistently and that's why they're on this other level yeah i mean i agree i think you know uh, well, let me say what I agree with before I get, you know, blasted <laughs> on drag on Twitter. Look, <laughs> I agree with the fact that Caitlin Clark has improved every second of every day. And for the people who are saying I'm some kind of like homer um, because I am rooting on some generational player that is uh, blasted on the scene for the third year in a row, averaging 27 a game. Go ahead somewhere with that, okay? Because first of all, I'm gonna We're go. We're totally ahead not
1: homers it. on this podcast, first. <laughs> not. <thing. Never. laughs> listen,
2: <laughs> yeah, listen. I'm a crockpot. This thought. Listen, listen. Because I'm trying to tell you, look, Caitlin Clark is different. And when she was going bananas in that last game for a forty-point triple-double, okay, and stay with me here. Put a pin in that. All right. A 40-point triple-double. Okay. So no one else is doing that who's playing right now. Who else is doing that today collegiately? Who else is getting, um, you know, her sixth triple-double in in one season, her 11th for her career? Stop it, okay? Leave me alone. I am a fan of the game. I don't care if someone else uh, on another team was doing that. I'd be saying the same thing. So stop it. And I am not a homer. I'll tell you what I'm a homer for, great players, team players, selfless players, all right? So if if that's what I am a homer for, then book that, okay? Book that. That's me. I don't care. And I don't care who it is. If you play great basketball, if you are a selfless player, I mean, what does she have, 12 assists? Stop it, okay? She's diming off. And the, the reason why... They, they won and advanced to the elite eight is because her shot wasn't falling. And she had what, 90% or 98% of the team's offense in the fourth quarter alone. And most of that was assisting her teammates because her shot wasn't falling. So here we are thinking that, oh my gosh, uh, you're talking about her having this 40 point triple double. Why aren't you talking about it? <laughs> That's what I need to know. Why aren't you talking about the the just the different level player that she is? Why aren't you talking about it? I mean, what am I supposed to do? See it and not talk about it? Stop it. Okay. And the haters need to go ahead. I always say consider the source, but that made me angry because I'm like, I'm not homering for a team or a specific player. I'm homering for a great play on the court. Team play. Yeah. And it's it's wonderful to watch. And I don't care who's doing it, any level, any gender. I'm going to root for that every time. Times no, 10. 10. times out of 10, I'm doing it. So, you know, if you have something to say to me, you know, at me, and um, and I will, at, I will at
4: the clear new, it. At the new at, the new ad, yeah, what's, the, at what's new at? the new one? There's I a new your new Crucially. Is it, is new do it do the at? one on the screen? It My is the new one on the
2: screen. at, christy right. <laughs> 51 W Scott. Let me know, okay, because... I'll clear it up real quick. And if you know me, <laughs> if you know me really well, you know that I will clear it up very quickly and concisely. So don't play with me on that, okay? I love the Christie game part. and I am un- unapologetically in love with the game of basketball, period, yeah, right? And I don't like, care if you don't, if you don't
1: like, like Caitlin Clark, you don't have to period. continue to think of this podcast as well. Period, bye-bye. Uh, yeah. I, I do like what Megan said because I think what Gabby Marshall has done in, in the past like couple weeks has been just crucial for this team. And I think it really – remember the, the, the turning point, honestly, was that Maryland game where they get blown out at Maryland. Mm-hmm. And it's largely because you know Maryland was able to just completely get all over Caitlin Clark and her teammates couldn't punish the Terps in return. They were mm-hmm. open and they didn't make their open shots. Now they're making shots that are not just open. Like they are – Within the flow of the offense, so like you're saying, that vision, that unselfishness that Caitlin Clark has to make always the right play. Yeah. Continue moving the ball on their offense has just been mm-hmm. really good. I mean, this this is not a team that runs uh a lot of complicated sets. Their more complicated stuff is honestly on the defensive end. Like that's where that's right. Lisa Bluter has her complicated sets is on the defense. Because on the offense, it's just hey, uh Caitlin, uh Bring the ball up and someone get open and someone shoot. And if, and sometimes it's just Caitlin, can you toss the ball like you're a sidearm pitcher <laughs> into Monica Sanano's just like right into her hands, right underneath the basket? No, and, and, just, and it works. I mean, I just think they are they're playing on a different level from where they were this season, and it's it's happening right at the right time um for for Iowa. I do well, let's talk about Louisville though, because I think Louisville deserves a lot of credit for what they did. Uh, in this tournament um, you know they I, I wasn't shocked by any of it because like I said Louisville's a pretty good team coached by a pretty good coach uh, and Haley Van Lith is a player they raises her game to that level I mean you got to you, you you've had experiences with both these players Christy Caitlin mm-hmm. and and Haley what do you think of Haley's uh, game and, and just her being in Seattle and like having all of those like blowing kisses to the fans and all that.
2: (laughs) Man, listen, I had, I had um, Louisville last year, all four rounds, right. Just saw them all the way through to the final four Mm -hmm. last year. So I got to know them, you know, I know they're different, you know, personnel wise this year, uh, three of their players in the WNBA, but with Haley Van Litt, like she's one of those different kind of kids. And she doesn't care. Like, I mean, when I say she doesn't care, she doesn't care, like I don't care what you think of her. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care what you think of me. I'm gonna let you know about what I think before you try to tell me about myself. Um, stay with me on that. But I think for her, I think she is she is so incredibly confident with the work that she puts into her game and her skill set that nobody can say anything to her about who she is, right? And I co sign that. I applaud that too because nobody should be able to do that. You know yourself the best, so stop playing with her. I think with, with Haley Van Lift with a different um, you know, personnel group okay, around her, uh, they started out the season in the top 10, right? And then they just had some ebbs and flows, some inconsistencies throughout the season, but were able to get to the Elite Eight. And it was on her shoulders, because she willed that team mentally and physically, to play the way that she wanted the game played, right? And she commands that of her teammates. And it's a great thing. She's a fantastic leader. She's an energy giver, right? I think towards the end of that game, the Elite Eight game, I think she was, you know, she was drawing contact, right? And getting herself to the free throw line and clapping it up. Like, but she still had that fight. Like, that's that juice. Like, you need to have players who are energy givers who have that fire in the belly the no quit mentality because then if I'm her teammate I'm like let me try harder with what I do well right well, And they have a lot
1: they have a lot of those players down in Louisville right like they, they Olivia Cochran's that way Mikasa Robinson's that way and that's yes. why that team has been so good yeah. um I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm very happy for uh what they built there and it's gonna be weird without Mikasa mm. Robinson around but I know team come back from them is really good too like I mean, Louis, I mean Calvin Louisville's sticking around I think right it's Fairly safe to say in the ACC in, in yeah. well, for
4: probably ever. No question. I mean, the, in, with the climate of today, like, the transfer portal and yeah. everything, like, and also Jeff Walt, like, you could tell me this entire team is leaving and it wouldn't matter. Like, Louisville is going to be fine next year because, like, Jeff Walls has established that level of program, and that's what it is. So, I don't care who they're getting back. They're going to be fine. But I, I was impressed with this it, with this run that they made, and not, not just Haley Van Lith, although, like, she – Look, we saw this last year from her, too. She stepped up big in March. We need to start talking about, like, playoff Haley or whatever we want to call it. (laughs) March 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 Haley. Haley. This is two years in a row that she stepped up huge in March. Huge. But, like you said, Mikasa Robinson, Olivia Cochran was huge in that last game even though they lost against Iowa. I I don't have any. 20 20, points. 20 points. And how many rebounds? Do you have it? 14, 15 rebounds? 14. 14 14 rebounds? 14 rebounds? 20 and 14. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, I mean, they got contributions from a lot of places. So, uh, <laughs> as you know, I picked them out in the first round. They only won by two. So, I don't feel like I was that far off, but they definitely proved me wrong as we talk about Virginia Tech. A lot of people proved me wrong this March, What, which is what it's all about. I love it. It is.
1: <laughs> Basketball <laughs> teams that have close games against Drake end up doing well in the NCAA tournament. Shouts to the Miami oh, men. Shouts my to Miami. God. Uh, but, Somehow
3: uh, everything is about right. Miami.
1: It <laughs> all comes back to Miami or Boca Raton, apparently, in men's basketball. That's the only place that basketball is played is in South Florida. Uh, go hoot, 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 hoot uh, The all right, we do have to. We, I want to talk about the the uh, LSU Miami game. Do you right. have any final thoughts, Megan from uh, Louisville, Iowa?
3: No, let's let's get to have the initial.
1: Do you have any initial <laughs> thoughts? Do you have any initial thoughts on LSU fifty-four, Miami forty-two? Let's
3: see, I, like that Miami South Carolina game in last year's tournament was ugly. This was uglier. I think that it's pretty much sums it up. Ugly game. And
1: you know, I just think I, it, I kind of saw that coming, but it it was even uglier than I have foreseen. Well, I'm sorry, Calvin. I cut you off.
4: I no. I was. I mean. The Kim Mulkey in-game interview just described the whole game. Like, <laughs> she just railing how bad offensive basketball was. And I, this isn't a betting podcast, but as someone who bet the under, I would argue what Megan said about how ugly it was because it was beautiful to me the whole time. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it was I cashed think,
1: in the first quarter. It, it was it,
4: like, it, that bet was uh, – anyway – when did they make the first three in this game? In the fourth quarter, I think. It, I, I, don't I don't know, know if we've ever had a here. tournament game yeah. without uh, yeah. I a three. Think it was, I th- we got really close. We yeah, got really close. I think it
3: was in the fourth <laughs> quarter. I don't think Miami made one. I think only LSU made one. But, so, yeah. I mean,
4: here's the it's thing like about these three teams, seven. though. Like, the shot, ma- the, the shot missing, I should say, was ridiculous. And, like, I don't know how anyone could have seen that coming. But both of these teams have slowed it down in the tournament oh. compared to uh, where they were in the regular season. Teams that like to push the pace. Like, we saw this. LSU Utah should have been a game that hit like 170 right but what did it finish 120 130 Mm -hmm. because LSU has and I think we're going to see this again in the final four they've sort of turned into more of a half court team and they're sort of trying to play this you know like grind it out probably not 54 42 type of style but they're not trying to beat people 90 to 80 anymore so yeah I'm with you I did sort of see a little bit of an ugly game coming no one I don't think thought it was going to be this ridiculous, but um. I got, I got a question for
1: you, Christy, actually on that. I mean, Calvin, as Calvin said, like the pace is slowing down for LSU. Do we think is in March, does the game just slow down a little bit? I feel like when you, when it gets tighter, when the stakes get so high, just most, a lot of teams are going to slow it down more because you're a, everyone's trying to get back on defense, which doesn't always happen in the regular season. (laughs) Um, And, and B, you're trying to be a little bit more deliberate with the basketball um, for whatever reason, if you want to be like LSU, who wants to rely on their defense, mm-hmm. or if you want to be like Miami, who wants to, I'm not sure why we tried to slow that game down. I don't think we did. I, I'm not sure what Miami uh, tried to do in that game. None of it worked, but regardless, <laughs> does the game slow down in March by itself?
2: I don't think so. And I don't think you should, right? And that's no shade to Miami or anyone else who who thinks it's a great idea. I, I, and you know, for me, I don't think that playing carefully, like, you know, without trying to make mistakes and the intentionality of protecting the basketball and not to say, okay, you can't, you know, make good passes and, and think about what you're doing. I'm not saying that, but you can't be overly cautious in March. Like if you are playing like rambunctiously all season and you get to March, like we don't want to lose, you're going to lose. Okay. You got to play your style, your pace, the way you've played to get you to this point, or you're going to have problems. All right. You're going to change. If you try to slow things down, you're going to change the rhythm of of what has brought you success. And who wants that? Who wants to go out there and feel differently (laughs) in a must win game? I don't. I have bad nerves. I need everything to be the way it always is. The routine is the same. It feels this, this play, the timing of this play, the screen is coming right now. Like we're going in motion with what we're doing, what we have been doing because that's what's brought us wins and success. We're at our best then. So no, I, I don't think it's wise to, to slow down what you're doing or, to be cautious. I know my high school coach, we were uh, 28-0. and I think, Gabe, I've told this story a thousand times probably on the podcast, but we were 28-0. and We were in this back-and-forth game in the state championship game, and at halftime, she came in. We had six seniors. We were all pressure-filled, and she came in, and she said, you guys are playing not to lose instead of playing to win, and all of us looked around like, Oh my God, that's, we are. And, and we were, we were playing so safe and because we didn't want to lose because before the coaches came in, all of us were saying, we can't lose this game. Oh my God, we're seniors. Like we got to win this game. And it was like, we were stressing ourselves out to the point of like not playing the way that we played all year that got us to that point. And we were on this tight rope of like, oh my God, what if we lose? So if I say pink elephant in the room, they're going to elephant. Right. If we're saying, talking about losing, you're going to lose. So you have to focus on winning. We ended up winning by two and it was dramatic, but it was like, we had to, if we didn't have that, that, that checkpoint, that recalibration at halftime, who knows? We would have been 28 and one Lord have mercy. I'm glad we weren't anyway, but (laughs) it was, it was very stressful, but I think it's all about a mentality. It's all about a toughness. And that's why I always said that as a coach, like you can run a hundred plays but it's how you do things and it's why you're doing things. So if you play a certain way, a certain pace with a cert- certain mentality and a certain competitiveness, then you have to bring that to the table every time. And that's your challenge, right? That's your challenge to be your best. Mm-hmm. You have to be consistent. And that's just not consistent and putting the ball in the basket, okay? That's consistent in the way you think about how you're competing. And it's a major, major deal, especially in postseason. And you have to rewire your brain and not play safe and just freaking go for it. That's what it – I mean, that's what it's all about. And you have to be tougher. You got to be
4: tougher.
1: Miami had 18 turnovers, so I'm not sure they were being too careful uh, because they're not (laughs) a team that turns the ball over that often. I I think LSU deserves a ton of credit, right? Like, LSU's guards were all over Miami's guards. I think I said that Mm -hmm. maybe to you, Calvin, before the game. I was like, Miami's guards might have a bad time because the, those guards for LSU were something else. I mean, and, and on both ends, right, Alexis Morris has 21 points, um, and Miami has one player that scores over 10. Sophomore Jasmine Roberts had 22 points. That's good on the, uh, on the old resume going into next year. Um, but just, like, really great defense from LSU. Very bad offense all around, um, but still it was a, a game that happened. It was Miami's first Elite Eight game in their school's history. Uh, Megan, did, did you want to, uh, you know, rail against this game at all? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> against its existence?
3: Yeah, no. I mean, it was ugly, but it is what it is. <laughs> it's no, a game that I happens. mean, yeah, it's a kidnap. <laughs> no, I mean, I think going into it, I think the outcome is, regardless of how we got there, the outcome is probably what people expected it. But it was the end of this kind of like fairy tale run for for Miami and LSU is is going to the final four behind I wasn't,
1: surprised. I wasn't surprised. This wasn't a fairy tale. This was a normal story. This is, this is, this is ain't nothing for the Canes. No, great great run by the Canes. Um, I do want to take it back though very quickly. Sweet sixteen. I don't think we have time to talk all about sweet sixteen. Uh, I just want to talk about Miami. Um, <sighs> Man, Sh- down <laughs> he wants Segers. to stop right.
3: them. He wants shutting to Shutting down him Maddie, Maddie Seegers.
1: <laughs> shutting my laptop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Holding, just doing a great job defensively against Maddie Seegers, who had thirty-one points. Um, it, I, it, it, actually though, I, it's fair to it, say that, they right? did
3: do a decent job on her. That's just Maddie, though. Like yeah. people do a good job on her, and she's still gonna get hers. That game was, was a heartbreaker. If you were rooting for, oh that. yeah, that was rough. But, oh, but, um, But it was a great game in terms of like you thought it was over that run that Nova made to come all the way back and then to finish it off. Miami got the win, but I mean, the the third and fourth quarter of that game was insane. Yeah, maybe it
1: was maybe it's just me as a fan. I never once felt safe in that game. I was like, they're coming back the entire (laughs) game because what that Miami has not won a game this year possibly i
3: felt the same way too a lot of people were wait, at me wait. like gonna no getting embarrassed and i was like just wait like they're gonna figure it out they came yeah. back i think they were down 15 with like five mm-hmm. minutes to go at home against st john's this year and they won that game i was like it's not over told it's over
2: yeah that's true yeah. and you no. see like
3: maddie secrets had that one play that like she scored like five points 10 seconds
1: <laughs> yeah she got the she was, well, it was like a three and then yeah. The deal, three, yeah yeah. it was it was pretty rough it was a got hairy there for Miami but I, I like kind of felt those coming the whole time I feel like the team also just expects like look the end of this game is gonna be crazy and that's why they've been so good at the end of the games Miami just like this game's gonna be nuts at the end because we're we're not the level of team to put someone away and we are also the level of team that no one could put us away at because yeah. we play we play this way so I I love I love the Miami did my heart goes my heart goes up uh tough tough way to go down but it also came on the heels of the men making the final four it was literally moments after the men making the final four you know I say march was about the highest of highs lowest of lows that hit that hit real hard the, the come down from the Kane, the Kane's men making the final four to the it's way it's the down, other way actually. around yeah, yeah right deep in the muck disgusting game that just kept getting worse For Miami. Let's preview the final four. Let's preview the final four. Do we have time?
4: Do we have times? Uh, I don't know if we have times yet. Oh, yeah. uh, The South Carolina, Iowa is
3: the later one.
4: I think 7 Eastern for LSU, uh, Virginia Tech, and then right after that. Yeah. So we got 7 Eastern, LSU, Virginia Tech on ESPN, uh,
1: 9 p.m. uh, for Iowa, South Carolina. So Friday,
2: Friday, Sunday.
1: Friday, Friday. Sunday, Mm -hmm. Saturday. Megan and I. Who has not mentioned that her men, the UConn men are also. Yeah, around.
2: because I
3: realized that no one listening to us cares about the Yukon men at the moment. <laughs> this is not a Yukon uh, podcast.
1: <laughs> well, we, we've never been, okay? We've never been to this podcast, to this whatever. Do not so I'm going to act a the fool podcast. as much as I want uh, <laughs> while doing all of the analysis of my other team that was also in the Elite Eight. Megan, okay, did your schools, did your both your schools program make the Elite Eight? The, the yeah screen well screen you
3: screen. can talk to me when your school with wait D- wait hold, hold, hold on, I
1: just hold on. <laughs> was, was there, are Gabe and
3: I going to survive this weekend in Dallas
1: together <laughs> I didn't say I mean I don't know what I do if it, in my Miami's both Miami's programs were not in the Elite Eight. It just seems like it wouldn't be as much fun. I uh, do not know what
3: to do if it was, you know, my Muncie's first time in the Final Four and not our sixth. I
1: don't <laughs> know yeah. What do you have That's like, <laughs> yeah. How's the State doing, buddy? Uh, <laughs> all right, let's, let's preview the games. Let's preview the games. We'll start. Um, we'll start with the big one. Let's just start with uh, Iowa South Carolina. Times be damned. Uh, there's a lot of questions going into this game. The primary one, though, I think is going to come in um, Iowa's transition offense. Can they get out in transition? Can South Carolina, who likes to send at least two players to the offensive glass, can they stop the break with three players? Megan, I feel like you've thought about this game. Like oh as soon as you saw like how Iowa's was playing, you're like, I have to come up with some stuff for Iowa in the final four. What, what have you thought about for this game?
3: Yeah. Well, I think the question or the, the thought that I have a, a lot of my Twitter mentions is that like South Carolina can't score enough to beat Iowa. Well, I think they debunked that today because they just scored 86 points. So we can ignore that point because yeah. it's irrelevant. Um, but yeah, I think my concern for Iowa, this, I'm going to start with why I'm concerned for Iowa, then I'll talk about what I was okay. doing well. But my concerns for Iowa are one that South Carolina has Bria Beale and she's probably the best on ball defender in the country. And that's uh, apparently gave disagrees with that. One of the best on ball defenders in the country. And uh, that's going to be make Caitlin Clark's job a lot harder than it is on a normal night. My other concern for them is despite how good this run has been, they haven't really fought, faced anyone that's as dominant in the post as South Carolina is. And I think we've seen them struggle with defense in the lane. I mean, you saw Olivia Cochran put up 20 and 14 on them in that Elite Eight game. Cochran's really good. The Boston and Camila Cardoso are a lot better. So I think that's going to be really challenging for them.
1: I agree with the second point you made. I think the first point, actually, I, Brie Beal, she was kind of a target today for for uh, for Maryland. I thought I thought they saw Brie Beal. They saw... Leah Boston in drop coverage, and they said we can attack this, and they did attack it a couple of times. So, I actually think they you can't look for you're not going to guard Caitlin Clark with one person. Um, that's just to be a fool's errand. They I just don't know if South Carolina is the type of team that's gonna you know switch their defense, and maybe they do end up guarding that. Maybe they do end up guarding Clark with one person that becomes. Well, are you sending different bodies at her? Like do you send Fletcher out or Do you send Cook at her? Who are awesome defenders Beal being one of those three great defenders. But Calvin, like what do you do you, am I wrong for saying that Brie Beale was attacked today? And what do you think about that defensive matchup?
4: I did see her get attacked some today. I I think her whole body of work and her career isn't like i I'm really still fascinated for this great matchup. But no one can no <laughs> one can guard Caitlin Clark one-on-one, but if anyone can come close to Brie I I do like what you said though about South Carolina not switching up what they're going to do, because I think a lot of teams that play Iowa have to get weird and have to try something different because like, we're not going to beat Iowa unless we think outside the box. And we saw like when Maryland blasted them, they threw all those junk defenses at them. Right. But South Carolina doesn't have to get weird and do junk and whatever, be who they are in this game. Like you said, and on both ends and and on the other end too, we talked about uh, me, Megan and Gabe on our last podcast about how the one thing that Iowa has actually become fairly good at on the defensive end over the last couple of years is rebounding. But part of that maybe because everyone's so afraid of them in transition that they don't crash the glass and they get back on transition. So Iowa's was defensive rebounding numbers have looked better, but you know, who's not going to be afraid to crash the glass is South Carolina. They don't care who they're playing. They're going right. to send bodies to the glass on every offensive possession. Cause like you said, they're not going to switch anything up. They are who they are. They have their identity and they're going to play that way. So, I was the one that's gonna have to step up and say like, we're gonna have to beat South Carolina at their game. You know, South Carolina mm-hmm. can definitely to whoever's talking to Megan on Twitter can definitely score enough points to beat Iowa. Yes. Like, uh, but I'm, the other thing I'm fascinated about in this matchup is Monica Sonato because Caitlin Clark even against South Carolina's defense is gonna get hers. I don't know if Monica Sonato is gonna get hers though because against all of those post defenders, and Monica Sonato is not a player like Mackenzie Holmes who gets the ball surveys, makes post moves. She's a player who gets deep position, never dribbles and finishes. But is she going to get that deep position against South Carolina? I don't know. And if you're like a McKenzie Holmes, sometimes you don't need that position, but I think Monica does. So I don't know if we see Monica have a big game in this game. And I don't know if Caitlin Clark is going to be enough, even if she drops 40 to win this on her own. But she might. She's the one player who could beat South Carolina on her own, but I'm not sure if it's going to be enough. What, what do you think of that, Christy?
2: Well, you know what I, I think with the with the depth that South Carolina has, especially on the interior and the size. Um, I, you saw that become an issue tonight for Maryland. Uh, you know, with them getting the second chance points, the big differential. What you say was twenty three to seven um, for second chance points. I mean, that could be a factor if Monica Sonano gets in foul trouble. And we've seen Monica Sinano get in some foul trouble. And after that, Hannah Stolke, who I love, is a freshman, right? Um, but she is a fabulous player. And I love everything about what she does. But she's different than Monica Sinano inside, right? I mean, she Absolutely. has terrific hands. Clark is going to put the ball right in your hands. Like, all you just do is catch a shoot. That's not what I'm worried about. It's the experience factor. In fifth-year player Monica Sonano, and and you know you can't really equate for that, right? Like you can't you can't really compare that. So I'm not saying she's worse because she's younger. I'm like she's younger, okay? Yeah. Uh, and and the experience of these moments, right? Playing the postseason, uh, winning uh, titles, back-to-back titles. Like Stoki has one title. Sonano has a couple of them. You know what I mean? There's there's something to that mentally that that is different um the urgency of a fifth year player it could be your last game ever mm-hmm. you know with a freshman having hundreds of games that i had and and that's that's no knock on iowa or on the two people individually oh. i'm just stating a full fact and those of you who know know okay yeah um, i mean what, no, just, is, is a better can't, player
1: can't, than skulking we can say right that i
2: mean but she's she has more experience
1: she's she's got four years on there i mean come on
2: that's (laughs) all that's and that's all i'm saying and in (laughs) four years stokey stokey may be better as a fifth year yeah you know what i mean so let's just be honest and and because of all the things that she's going to develop in her game we just don't know that yet but i can see that being a possibility so for me the depth on the interior is going to be an issue if Mm -hmm. sinana gets in some foul trouble because then you have lack of experience coming in behind her in the post and South Carolina is going to put two bigs inside Mm -hmm. and boy, you better box out. Like you can't miss that. Okay. And the way that Iowa likes to run, you might not get, you know, the opportunity to do that. Right. Because of the way South Carolina gets on the offensive glass, Gabe, like you said. So I think it's going to be really interesting to watch the dynamic of what South Carolina does on their offensive board work. I think it's going to be um, equally as intriguing to see how Monica Sonano stays disciplined on the defensive end and offense too. If she's crowded, she can't bump into people. You know what I mean? Like she, can't, like she has to maintain discipline on both sides in the paint. Like they need yeah. her, they need her to be in there. Right. And Clark needs her. Right. Cause they're on a yeah. the string. Those two are like directly on a string and, Clark's soccer skills. I heard her telling Holly Rowe, you know, it's because of the way she played soccer is the way, you know, how she finds the angles to pass and how that she's just sense. so shifty and just gets here and there and just dimes people. Off. I love it. And don't ask me about it too, because it's pretty basketball. That, so stop playing. That with that
1: makes a lot of sense, actually, the way she sees the floor and like kind of leads her team, yes. like leads, leads the players into the passes. Absolutely. Um, I think so. Sinana has to stay on the floor for a bunch of different reasons, all the ones you just sure. said. And also, you know, with her, with Monica in, it creates a much bigger pick and roll threat for South Carolina to deal with. And, and you know, as I was saying, hey, maybe there's a, maybe there is a place where South, Iowa can get an on ball mismatch. Honestly, again, if you try to cover Caitlin Clark one-on-one, you're already at a mismatch. I don't care mm-hmm. who the defender is. Like she's just too good yeah. and too smart and too fast at making her decisions to be covered Good. one-on-one. So if you have Sonano in there, setting the pick and rolling hard to the basket, which is one of the things she does best, that mm-hmm. involves a lot more of the defense rather than someone else who the defense may not be as worried about catching the ball and finishing at the rim. And then that kind of comes into a, a concern I have for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And again, I think this definitely comes down to, as it always does, the freaking offensive boards. Uh, when we talk <laughs> about South Carolina, it has to come up. It's, it's one of the biggest things they do. And then how can Iowa get out and transition? I, I think that's um, where the battle is. But I do think the pick and roll coverage for South Carolina is going to be really interesting. Do they, do they kind of send Boston out to hedge a little bit more? Do they send you know, maybe some blitzes? I, I think Saxon's a, a really good blitzer. But then you're putting your defense in rotation on the back end where all those shooters are. So, Calvin, do you, like, would you, do you think they, they're going to – I mean, they, they do change other their pick and roll coverages mostly they basically play a
4: man but they do pick change their pick and roll coverages up uh, South Carolina do you think they, uh, they should change yeah, I mean yeah they should throw some different looks at them what I'm the most interested in is not necessarily you know hedging blitzing all of those that you're talking about with the two players involved in the pick and yeah. roll but the tags and the help from the other three players because what Megan mm-hmm. talked about those other three players are on there to space the floor and shoot and in the last game they did that they did that great and when those three players, whoever they are, the starting lineup, it's is Warnock, Kate Martin, and Gabby Marshall, but whoever's mm-hmm. out there, when those three players are knocking down three-pointers, like, Iowa is almost impossible to, like, you can't stop them. You just have to score with them because yeah. Caitlin Clark's going to get hers, and that pick-and-roll game is dangerous. It all comes down to whether those – in that Maryland game I brought up, those three players didn't make any shots, and that's why they got blasted. So yeah. what is South Carolina going to do on the back end of that pick-and-roll coverage? Mm-hmm from those three players are they going to live with them taking shots like maryland did are they going to stay home that's what i'm the most interested in well uh we'll have to see because
1: i i think south carolina probably just says yeah we'll get back to you take try to take it we'll see there's going to be some long arms coming at you but we'll see all right we gotta move on it's almost 1 a.m uh it's on a night is young a school, it's a school night it's a school night um <laughs> Wait, is it? I mean, Christine, it is a work know? night. I do have to work yeah. tomorrow. So I am i know, I'm go go ahead, move on. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead
2: once I finish this conversation. I'm gonna get right on the plane. But matter of <laughs> fact, my... let's. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you flying back tonight? Oh no, I mean oh. in a couple hours. Yeah, early first oh. thing, first thing, smoking them oh, out.
1: Boy. All right, let's back in the room. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about LSU Virginia Tech. I think it's gonna be a great game. Uh, personally, I think this is a really interesting matchup. You have Kitley <laughs> versus Reese. Two very different styles of bigs. Uh, I think it's going to be a very good battle, though, down low. And I think those two kind of counterbalance. So then we get a very interesting set of matchups across the board. I would say, you know, you look, may you look at the those talent levels, right, mm-hmm. In between the, the the rosters outside the star. I'm not sure which one is better the, with with the way George Amore is playing. Like Megan, do you think? you know, does Virginia Tech actually have a little bit more talent around their star than LSU does?
3: I think it depends how LSU comes out. Because I think, I don't know, like Alexis Morris at times has been really, really, really good for LSU. And maybe not consistently, but she, like in that game against Miami, she was the difference maker for LSU. So I think if they get that version of Alexis Morris, it's a pretty even matchup. Um, And then it also depends what they get from Flauja Johnson as well, because she's... You know, freshman, it's it's hard to be consistent, especially this time of year as a freshman, but when she's on, she's really good. And then I think, like you said, we've talked about Georgia Moore. She's been fantastic for Virginia Tech in this tournament, the ACC tournament, the end of the regular season. She's really been kind of, I think, the difference in Virginia Tech the first half of the season and Virginia Tech in the streak that they're on now. It's largely been driven by her performance. So they've got that going for them. It's. I think it's a pretty even matchup, and it kind of comes down to whose role players outside of their stars show up more that day. That day.
1: Yeah, and there's. I mean, there's really interesting matchups down in the the role player category, whatever the non-star category. Uh, You know, Taylor Taylor Soul um, is just. I think she's gonna have a really interesting time against Ladeja Williams If, if that is the matchup. I don't know what they're gonna go with, but it's it's amazing matchups across the board. The I think just like also the coaching matchup Christie is what I want to ask you about is like oh yeah so Kenny Brooks I mean that is our guy on court side yeah. that's everyone's guy how could you not like him he's just like the nicest dude like yeah. right, he just uh-huh. all right he oozes he oozes chillness um, on the other side is Kim that's Mulkey good. does not ooze chillness we he's didn't answer the me. most
3: important question what is Kim Mulkey gonna
1: wear <laughs> I don't know. Yeah i don't know i
3: don't
1: know man emily said she looked like Isma in the one with the flowers Isma from uh
4: hey that again
2: the at at her <laughs>
1: how many, how many her. disney
4: at characters her. has she been she's been Carole Deville. <laughs> uh, Deville. Yeah. Like, she's been checking off all the, <laughs> the boxes
1: yeah. But this co- this coaching mashup is fascinating because i would say i mean kenny brooks right now if i need someone to draw up a game plan and have his team execute, I'm probably going to Kenny, Kenny Brooks and their shoots anybody else. But then we have Kim Wilkins, who's won national championship at the national championships. I just feel like Kenny Brooks has more options with this Regina Tech team than LSU does with their team. Do mm-hmm. you think that, like, is that something that matters as much as that coach has won a national championship and this team has, has really kind of steamrolled uh, a lot of the competition?
2: I mean... I, I think so. I mean, I think that makes a difference when you can, I mean, you don't ever want to overcoach, but at the same time, you want to have some tricks in the bag that you mm-hmm. can go to when you, you know, after a timeout, you want to be able to set up something that you haven't shown. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've practiced it, but you haven't shown it and they can't, they haven't scouted it and it works. Let me tell you something. I told you, Gabe, about that one-time play yeah. that did that, and we got the A1 on it. And then my point guard looked over, like, so it worked. I saw. I right? saw
1: Kenny do that at the ACC tournament. They drew yes. up a play, and it yes. worked. And he immediately went to his assistant coach and like gave her biggest high five ever. Exactly. So, so I, I, that feeling seems intoxicating. Kenny Brooks, he keeps calling plays that are really awesome, and we haven't seen all year. and exactly. This team just executes them
2: exactly. And but- and I think that's what that's that's going to give them an edge, right? Because it's hard to prepare, obviously, if you haven't seen something, but you've practiced it, and you have to give Kenny Brooks credit for, you know, having his team have reps, and they're ready, so that in game like that, hey, remember Tuesday, and we went through all these atos, that third one we did, this is what it is. Look, boom, boom, you go here, you go there, boom, boom, boom. and they go out there and they score on it. Come on now, there's nothing better. I, you know. There's nothing better when it translates from the whiteborn to the court and you get a bucket. And the and one, the one I was telling you, Gabe, yeah. listen, I almost lost my mind, I was so excited. But we had never shown that play, you know? And not only and did that, we score, we got the and one. And made the free throw, hey. And so, look, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot to be said about execution, but there's also a lot to be said about organization of thoughts and reps on ATOs and, and et cetera, yeah.
1: And he and he always and Kenny the season said multiple times this is the smartest team he's ever had that they're actually coming to him with play ideas that they ran in the past like that you know Virginia mm-hmm. Tech ran three years ago beat uh, them beat yeah them. and and yeah. and they and they really help him uh, in that in that area in terms of getting them ready to play that's and right. I think it's it is a huge um, lift because when you look at LSU obviously a great team but that's not what I just said about Virginia Tech doesn't necessarily apply to LSU in terms of being able to execute those offensive game plans. LSU just comes out and kind of tries to just punch you in the mouth and, and play hard nosed basketball and, and wear you down a little bit like South Carolina does. There's not quite at that level yet. Um, but you have to think, right? Like Flaugia Johnson is, may get going. I mean, Calvin, do you, do you think we should be hopeful about her in the final four? Cause she's had a rough go of it for a couple games.
4: Yeah, well, uh, we were texting about how Miami wanted her to shoot, and uh, yeah. she shot, and, and, that I mean, that worked Open out for early. Miami defense. It's more big a matter, but. I, <laughs> Yep, I. so, I mean, she's going to have to knock down shots. I think, I was looking up stats, by the way, while you guys were talking about this uh, on, on Kenny Brooks, Virginia Tech, second in the country, baseline out of bounds efficiency, eighth in the country, and sideline out of bounds, to you guys' point. What about the ATO's? Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Uh, right, right 15%, out, excellent. 85th percentile, all right. in ATOs, which is, which is lower than those other two. That's bad compared to the other two. That's how good they are in, all, in 91, 91st percentile in the last four Six. seconds of the shot clock, all of these numbers, 80 90th percentile on all of these situational stuff, which tells you know. that that's a coach who who knows what he doing in terms of the cerebral stuff, like you guys were talking about. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup in terms of that. And in yeah. terms of you brought up Angel Reese and, and Elizabeth Kitley, and I, I think advantage Angel Reese in that one. I know you said maybe yeah. they kind of wash out, but I to me like Angel Reese is a better rebounder. She's better able to handle physicality. Elizabeth Kitley is is great at defending without fouling. So we'll see Angel Reese. Uh, yeah, going to try to get her in foul trouble. I don't know if it's going to work because I think Elizabeth Kitley's really good at keeping herself on the floor. Probably better than Monica Sonato or whoever some of the others we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I mean that's the focal point of this matchup for me.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be an awesome right. battle down low, and then just love that the post. Every team in the Final Four, even though Iowa is, is to, to describe Iowa as a post team is a little bit of a misnomer.
2: But <laughs> I mean, they have one, like you know, so yeah, they're, not, they
1: looking, they're at not looking. They're not looking to time dump time. it in, you know.
2: Uh, one that they play at a time, but listen, I, look, look, don't do that to Monica now. Listen, that's what a great. I,
1: I'm I'm saying they're not a post up team. You know what I'm saying? Not that they don't have a post.
2: I don't agree. Okay. You don't think Monica Sinano gets a body on early? Yeah, in, but they're not. No, I'm saying, Chrissy, you know hand. what I'm saying? I'm
1: saying, no. Gar gets the ball on the wing. We got a wing entry. All right. We got the okay. big. Okay. Like, we're looking, we're looking the post up. You know, this is not good for all <laughs>
2: you, if you <laughs> I forget it's a podcast.
1: See, I <laughs> ball faking. Try it. are not sitting around. Like, Iowa is pass, pass, boom, TikTok we're in the post. <laughs> what
2: you doing, Gabe? Look, am no, no, no,
3: no. He's trying to do it TikTok. Dance He's making a pass to make a pass.
2: No, make a pass. but but for real, no. All you're saying, like, okay, what you just said is valid. I I, I hear what you're saying, but That's listen, listen, listen to me though. Listen to me though. Look, does Monica Sonano not? get early post position so all she has to do is catch and shoot and don't you want to just do that that's all yeah i'm
1: just saying, were not saying actually, the same that's her whole game that's whole I'm, game. I, I, I'm saying that we're all in. Do we like? Uh, that? My, do like our, that? back to my original point all these teams gotta post we all gotta post in the final four again okay but i'm saying iowa doesn't sit there and like you know how you know how south carolina sits there and it's 20 seconds of, we're sitting here, we're getting this ball into Leah Boston. We are sitting here until the post is open and we're not moving. Iowa doesn't necessarily, Iowa, I think actually posts up in a much more efficient fashion. There you go. Okay, so we're saying this. I like like Iowa's post-ups. Okay, good. Okay, we're saying the same thing.
2: I thought you were saying that that she just, you know, all she does is shoot. I'm like, no, she's like working her butt off down there. You know how hard that is to have uh, somebody's knee in your... she gets to the spot first. Hamstring, okay, and in your neck, and you got to hold them off and catch it. She, she beats you in the spot, yeah. which to be something
1: interesting for uh, – And a
4: knee in her right. neck. I don't know what's going on. If, <laughs> yeah, if you got a knee yeah. in your neck, come back. Did I say knee, knee neck. Neck? It should be a foul. I'm over there. That's no, good. That's a foul. I, I
2: Definitely a yeah. I think we should all go Contact. home. Arm bar. We're not arm. making picks. Arm in, in the back. neck.
1: We're not making picks. Because we're we're gonna be we're all gonna be in uh in Dallas come next week. Yay. So we will be talking to you a lot from Dallas. Um I don't I may lose my voice come Sunday. Uh we'll see what happens. Megan may lose her voice. We may never speak to each other again. So this may be the last her
3: and yeah.
4: podcast with me and together. But That's the car
3: ride home from Houston on, on Sunday morning or Saturday night it might be a little rough. Uh, I'm <laughs> not doing that. That's bold. Bold. <laughs> I, I might I might get
4: my own car. I'm not we'll doing see. that with y'all, so <laughs> no, you
2: know, sure. on your own on that Houston thing.
1: But right. anyways, we, we love that everyone got to hang out. Sorry we didn't get to live your comments. Whoever pointed out, Mike. Mike Swinhart pointed out uh, D2 and D3 championships will be played at the final four on Saturday for the people whose men's basketball team didn't make
4: the other final four. I'd suggest going to that one because that seems awesome. Yeah. Hey, shout out Ashland, by the way, in the D2 championship, best shooting team I've ever seen at any level. They're first in the country in two point percentage, three point percentage, everything down across the board. I watched them play in the final four. Everyone should watch them if you have a chance. They are the
1: first team that comes up on synergy when you go to the leaderboard because they lead the country in points per procession.
2: I want
1: to see that. Ashlyn. Hey, shouts out to uh, Nova Southeastern, another South Florida team for winning the D2 men's title. I think the, I forget who's in the women's tournament though, actually. Is it, who's it, Who's in the title game? In D uh, 3 D3. We're not going to preview it. I, uh, Megan has I'm to sorry. go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week, <laughs> next week for the down. D2, D3 preview coming up <laughs> on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. I'm Gabe. <laughs> that's Megan. That's Christy. That's Callan. We'll see you soon. Good night. Ooh, we have to wait till this broadcast goes
4: out some people just know the best rate for
2: you is a rate based on you with Allstate not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane why pay a rate based on anyone else get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate